Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hello, gorgeous. Thank you for joining another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe that style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. Today, I am answering your questions. I posted in the Everyday Style Lounge and sent an email out to all of my subscribers asking what one question you'd like me to answer. I picked just seven. I got a lot, but I picked just seven. A couple that I get asked all the time and a few fun ones I think you'll like. So today we are talking about rise in the word of the week. And in current events, I'm sharing an article from a woman who copied Meghan Markle's style for an entire week. There are some interesting takeaways I think you'll like. Before we dive in, though, I told you a few episodes ago that I would give you an update on the new countries the Style School has been downloaded in. Y'all, we don't have time for that list. This little show has been downloaded on six continents and in over 50 countries. It is seriously so humbling and amazing. And I just want to thank you for listening and subscribing and leaving reviews. Also, I want to give a special shout out to my Australian listeners. Outside of the United States, this podcast has more listeners from down under than any other country. I have loved getting your emails and messages too. So thank you for those. Maybe one of these days I'll do a live podcast tour and you will be stop number one. All right, let's get the party started, as always, with today's lesson from Linda. Today's Linda called me because she didn't feel like she was using much of her wardrobe. I think that's something that we can all identify with. And she wanted to know how she could utilize more of her clothes. Now, I think I've talked about the questionnaire that I send out to clients before we work together. It's pretty in-depth, and I ask clients to fill it out for two reasons. First, it helps my clients think through some tough things before we work together and get some thinking about their own style and wardrobe goals without having the pressure of me staring them in the face, asking hard questions. They can take their time. But from a more selfish perspective, it also helps me understand the challenge I'm working with before I get there. Often the reason they call me isn't really the reason they're calling me. Do you know what I mean? And asking these questions helps me get to the heart of the matter so I'm prepared. I always tell my clients, the more detail you give me, the more successful our time together will be. This Linda didn't hear that part, I guess, because her questionnaire came back half filled out with one word answers. It was pretty much her address and where to park at her house. And that was it. I was walking in totally blind. I got there and Linda took me up to her closet, which was unlike any closet I had ever been in before. It was actually a converted bedroom with its own walk-in closet. It was ginormous. It had floor-to-ceiling shelves for the hundreds of pairs of shoes she had. There were glass cases for her handbags. Literally for friends, I fell into Pinterest. After the initial shock and awe wore off, I started looking around. 
On the shelf of tote booties, there were probably 10 pairs of tote booties. On the shelf of red heels, there were maybe five or six pairs of red heels. On the stack of black sweaters, we're probably talking 15 to 20 black sweaters. No wonder she wasn't using her entire wardrobe. There weren't enough days in a season to wear half of what she had. To be honest, I didn't know where to start with this one. Yes, we always pull out the pants, but Linda told me she didn't want to try anything on. She knew it all fit. She knew it all looked good. She just wanted my help wearing more of it. She felt like she wore the same few pieces the same ways all the time, and she knew there was more she could do. So we made outfits and we talked. One of the questions I ask on my client survey is, how often do you shop? It tells me a lot about how people prioritize their time, their wardrobes, and frankly, themselves. Since Linda skipped that question on the survey, I asked her in person and she said, every day. I said, excuse me? She said, I shop every day. I go to the gym and then I go shopping. Sometimes though, I just buy something little like a pair of earrings. Alrighty then. We kept talking and she shared that her kids were growing up. They were all in school full time, busy with activities. Her husband traveled all the time with his new job. It became clear to me what Linda's real issue was. She was shopping to fill a void and drowning in stuff. I suggested one way Linda could use more of what she had would be to stop adding new things into the mix. And she said that wasn't going to happen. Shopping made her happy. You know what? I just left it at that. It was bigger than a wardrobe stylist could do. Now, there are so many lessons to take away from this, Linda, but I want to talk about two of the big ones. First of all, in 20 years of dressing women, I've discovered that the problem is almost never what's inside your closet, it's what's inside yourself. Women with nothing to wear often don't believe that they deserve to spend time or money on themselves, or they're struggling to accept a current version of themselves. This Linda, was she was trying to fill a void left by people. When we shop and buy, your body releases dopamine and endorphins, two of the brain's happiness chemicals. The problem is it doesn't last and you have to keep doing it. For this Linda, she had to do it every single day. Now, the second lesson is that recreational shopping has got to go. Shopping for fun, just purely for fun, whether it's randomly buying stuff when you're out with friends, veering your cart away from the paper towels and into the clothing section at Target, or mindlessly online shopping isn't good for anything. It's not good for your bank account, it's not good for the planet, and it's not good for your style. People who shop recreationally tend to buy the same things over and over or variations of them. And we see that with Linda's tote booty collection and black sweater collection and frankly, everything else collection, amass big wardrobes, but only wear a fraction of it. It's so wasteful. The alternative is to shop with a plan. If you need shoes, go buy shoes. If you need tops, go buy tops. I'm not telling you don't shop and I'm not saying don't enjoy shopping but know what you're buying and why. You'll end up with a more cohesive wardrobe. You won't feel like you are drowning in nothing, which is how a lot of women end up when they recreationally shop. All right, let's move on to the word of the week. In this week's vocabulary lesson, we're discussing rise. You probably know what rise is, but we're gonna dig a little bit deeper. Rise is the measurement on your pants from the crotch, you know, that's my least favorite word, of the pants where all the four seams meet between the legs to the top of the waistband. You can have a front rise and a back rise. They are not the same. You usually hear terms like low rise, mid rise, and high rise, but what do they really mean and which one is right for you? Well, let's discuss. 
The reality is that there's no standard definition, like most of women's clothing, of what a low, mid, or high rise is from brand to brand. Low is usually around seven inches. I think in the early 2000s, ultra low rise was like five. I mean, it was low, um, five to six. Mid rise is in the nine inch range and high rise is 10 inches and up. Brands that skew toward an older customer tend to have rise measurements that are higher. So a Talbot's low rise might be the same as an express mid rise. In general, low rise sits around your hips, mid rise sits one to two finger widths right below the belly button, and high rise sits at or above the belly button. Now, we see popular or trendy rises change all the time. Right now, high rise is still going strong, but low rises are coming back after their early 2000s burnout. I'm looking at you, Britney Spears. We all know what we're talking about. Now, the trick is to find the best rise for you, for your body. And here are a few tips to help you do that. Number one, high rises make legs look longer. Low rises make legs look shorter. So if you are a person with a long torso and shorter legs, like yours truly, you can use a higher rise jean to elongate the look of your legs and balance out your torso. Now, you've got to note that this only works when you can see the top of the jean. Putting a tunic over a high rise skinny does not work. Your legs start where your top ends. Now, if you are on the opposite end of the spectrum and you have a short torso and long legs, a high rise jean is going to make your legs look even longer and your torso even shorter. That may not be what you want. Look at your own body proportion and see which rise would work for you best. Also, your rise plays a big part in muffin top. If your jeans are sitting at a well, fleshier part of your torso, you're going to get a little spillage. Decide if it's better for you to go above that spot or below that spot. The answer isn't always above. A lot of times it is, but not always. Pay attention to how you're adjusting your jeans. I love watching my clients in the fitting room. Some will put on a pair of jeans and tug them way up to sit at a comfortable spot. Others will put on jeans and pull them down to their hips. This is your body telling you where your rise should be. Instinctively, you know where the right rise is. It's that comfortable spot on your body. Pay attention to that. Finally, measure your favorite pair of jeans. If you've got a pair of jeans that sits exactly in the right spot, measure it. Chances are that's the right rise for you. With a flexible tape measure, measure from the point between the legs where all the seams meet to the top of the waistband in the front. Measure the back rise too, especially if you're curvy. Finding a higher back rise will help you get rid of the dreaded plumber crack. I would love to know in the Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook what your favorite rise is. If you are not already there, come over and join us. Okay, let's move on to current events and an article I found super interesting. So this is from an article that a Capsule Community member posted, and I thought there were some really good nuggets in here. It's from Pure Wow, so clearly hard-hitting journalism, and it's called I Dress Like Meghan Markle for a Week. Now, you may not know this, but I am an expert on royal style since NBCNews.com reached out for my thoughts on how to replicate Meghan's maternity style on a budget. I will link to that article in the show notes. By the way, I hope you know I'm kidding about being a royal style expert. Very few things could be further from the truth. But I do love Meghan Markle's style, and this article has a lot of great little takeaways, so I hope you will check it out. So both of those articles, both um, my quotes in the NBC News article and the article that I'm talking about today will be in the show notes. 
All right. So I just want to read you the last few sentences from Rachel Bowie. I assume it's Bowie, the author of the piece. She's talking about the challenges of replicating royal style for five days. So for five days, she picked an outfit of Megan's. And I think she worked with Rent the Runway or Stitch Fix or something to get the pieces to make that work. So she was talking about the challenges of replicating Megan's style for a week. And she said this, I did learn something. Dressing to impress, as the Duchess does daily, accomplishes exactly that. It's also an act of self-care. After all, it's not a coincidence that I felt more confident through my five-day experiment. Did that mean I got more work done? That's TBD, but I certainly said yes to more plans and opportunities. Love that. Friends, this is what I'm saying all the time. When you put some thought and effort and intention into creating a style you love, it is an act of self-care. And I do believe that we show up differently for life when we like the way we look. You don't have to be in heels and suits either. Just taking the time to really put your look together can help you do great things. So check out that article. Let me know your thoughts. I really, I, I enjoyed it. All right, let's just jump into our listener questions. I want to thank everybody who submitted them. If I don't answer your question on this one, it could be because I have an episode about that topic coming up or it's too big to answer in this forum. So, or I'm just saving it for for a future question episode. But I took seven today and here we go. Let's dive in. Okay, Michelle asked, is there anything I can do to prevent little holes in the belly of all my t-shirts? Why do I get them? No matter what I try, they always appear. It happens to all my favorite shirts. Oh, Michelle. The internet is full of theories on what causes this, from tiny nicks and granite countertops to the buttons on your pants or the pointy edge of your jean waistband or snagging in the dryer. But since not all women have granite countertops or wear jeans and men's shirts don't get them and they go in the dryer, it has to be something else. Here's my theory. It is the type of fabrics current knit tops are made of that are drapey and lovely to wear. They're not just pure stiff cotton anymore, but they're not as sturdy. And it's combined with a high traffic area on the body. If you think about it, your seatbelt sits right across that area. You do lean against countertops. And yes, the button or waistband of your pants, no matter what you wear, that area actually sees a lot of friction. And that's what causes the holes. That's my theory. You can, you can join your own conspiracy theories about the little belly holes. All right. What can you do about them? Well, you can half tuck your tops or tuck your tops, wear a shorter shirt or wear a woven shirt. Wearing a longer knit shirt right there is going to cause those little holes. If you're prone to getting them, a woven or tucking is really your only option or a shorter shirt, because if you get them, you're going to get them on all your knits. Why is that? I, I don't know. I, it's just the way you live your life, I guess. What do you do once you get them? Honestly, not much. There's a product called Freycheck that I will link to in the show notes that will stop them from getting bigger. It shows on some fabrics, it doesn't on others. But once they're big enough to be noticeable, though, it is time to part with the shirt. Holy shirts are not attractive. All right. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, Michelle, but it's just a part of knitwear life. At least you know you're not alone. It happens to a lot of women. Okay, next question. Melanie asked, would you ever consider doing a men's or kids capsule? I love how easy it's made my life and I'd like the same thing for my family. Oh, well, the short answer is no. That is something that I get asked a lot and I understand why people want that, but it's never, ever going to happen. And here's why. 
First, if you listen to the very first episode of this podcast, you know that I'm not about the clothes. I'm about the life you live in the clothes. My capsules are about removing the barrier of feeling frumpy or unstylish or unconfident in your clothes so you can go out and just kick ass at life knowing that you look amazing. When you leave the house with that dang, I look good mentality, the world is yours. Your day is better. That's what gets me excited. Helping you live more fully is my mission and my vehicle is clothes. The capsules are also about removing decision fatigue so that you don't waste precious time and mental energy figuring out what to wear each day. That part's already done for you. You've got bigger things to focus on, and I want to help you be able to focus on them. The capsules are about taking something that seems so insignificant, but in reality is a huge determiner of how your day is going to go, taking that off your plate so you can start the day without that one stress. The stress is going to come. I've got kids. I've got a job. I know the stress is coming every single morning. But what you're wearing shouldn't be the first source of stress in your day. I don't have that same passion or see the same need to do that for men and children. So that is the first reason. The second reason I only do women's capsules is that I have experience dressing women. A lot of it. I don't want to toot my own horn, but there are women out there who figured out how to create a simplified wardrobe for themselves and now they share it with the world. That is totally legit, and I think that's great. I take nothing from them, but that's not exactly my story. Yes, I am a mom. I have struggled with weight and a changing body and a changing lifestyle, changing budgets. I've been through all the challenges my clients have been through, but I've also dressed other women for 20 years. Malcolm Gladwell, who is the author of The Tipping Point, said that exceptional expertise requires at least 10,000 hours of practice. Y'all, I have put my 10,000 hours in and then some. I've put in those hours dressing women who are crying in fitting rooms. I've put those hours in standing in your closets, convincing you to part with that Laura Ashley dress you swear you're going to wear someday. I put those hours in dressing real bodies of real women. I don't have that for men and kids. And I don't have the desire to go out and collect 10,000 hours of dressing men and kids. I probably have 10,000 hours of dressing my own kids, but that's a different story. Um, I would never put something out unless I felt like it could be exceptional. So that's why that wouldn't happen. So, you know, if I were just selling capsule guides, I bet I could figure out how to do it for men and kids. But the community is kind of where the magic happens and where I get to share my expertise and experience to make style easier and more fun for women. So um, great question, Melanie, but it is never going to happen. All right. Jacinta asked, how do you match earrings and necklaces without being matchy matchy? All right. Another good question. I'm guessing this is from the capsule community where I have been on a bit of a crusade to get my ladies to never, ever, ever wear an earrings and necklace set. Now you can't see me, but I'm doing the air quotes on the word set. In the summer capsule guide were a tortoiseshell necklace and tortoiseshell hoop earrings. In the capsule overview video that I do at the start of every season, I strongly recommended never wearing them together. The reason for this is that wearing matching pieces like that is just an outdated look. It makes whatever else you're wearing look a little bit old and dated. If you have a set you love, you don't have to get rid of it, but break the pieces up and wear them separately. Which brings me to the answer to your question, Jacinta. 
in my humble opinion, and take it for what it's worth, when it comes to jewelry, one body part should be the star of the show and the other should be supporting players. So if you have statement earrings, wear a simple necklace, wear simple bracelets and rings. Statement necklace means simple earrings, bracelets and rings. That doesn't mean you have to go bare, but if you're doing a big, colorful statement earring, let that be the star of the show and wear a simple initial pendant or a little bar necklace. If you're doing a big stack of bold bracelets, let your other pieces be a little bit, you know, just simple and understated. And if you're doing a colorful piece in one spot, let the others be a plain metal. There's no reason to stack color every single place. One thing I think a lot of women lack are those chic simple supporting players. They're not always as fun to buy as the big statement pieces, and they can sometimes be a little costly, but every jewelry wardrobe should have a simple pair of earrings, like a stud or a hoop, or a simple necklace or two, and a few understated bangle bracelets just to finish your look when you're sporting a more noticeable statement piece. Now, on the other hand, I know there are some of you out there who are just more is more when it comes to accessories. And if that's your look, go for it. But if you're going to go for it, really go for it. Layer it up. Go for the Iris Apfel look if that's you. If you don't know who she is, I'll link to the show notes. But really commit. Make it look intentional. Just don't be stuck in the halfway point. I hope that helps, Jacinta. All right. Another jewelry question from Nicole, who said, with your help, I feel like my closet is now on point. Big thank you. Well, big thank you to you, Nicole, for saying that. That's very kind. However, my jewelry and accessories need an edit. I have a ton of stuff I don't wear, and I need more direction on how to get better at making good choices. How do I choose jewelry and accessories to fit my face slash body shape? All right. Again, thank you, Nicole, for the kind words. That means a lot to me. I have gotten a lot of questions on how to dress your face, hair, body with jewelry. So I'm going to save that part of your question for a future full episode. But I do want to talk about editing your jewelry collection. In my opinion, accessories in general get edited least often. I have seen drawers of scarves dating back to the 80s and lots of illusion and bubble necklaces hanging on way past their prime in so many closets. Two important things to remember are that, number one, just like clothes, accessories go through trends. They are not instant and forever classics just because you bought them. It's important to go through your accessories and decide, does this still look current and do I care? If you do care, but you don't know if it's current, head to a website of a store that speaks to your current aesthetic, like Loft or Anthropology or even Target, wherever you like to shop. Then search for necklaces. Does the piece in question look anything like what's being sold today? If not, there's a good chance it doesn't look current anymore. If the only place you can find that piece is on eBay and there's a lot of them going for super cheap, you have a trend that's past its prime, not a forgotten classic. Now, if you still love those pieces and you don't care if they're current, you don't have to do anything but wear them. You know, I believe that wear what you love. That is the most important thing. Now, the second thing to remember when editing your accessories is that you, your taste, and your style are allowed to change. Maybe you bought a colorful bead necklace 20 years ago when you were in a boho phase, but now you've grown up and settled down and you're an accountant who prefers Brooks Brothers. It's okay to part with the necklace that just doesn't serve you anymore to make space for pieces that do. Just like with your closet, when you have a ton of things you don't wear and don't like, they hide the gems that you would wear now. 
you know, and the other thing that happens is that you feel like you can't go out and buy things because you see that you have jewelry. But in reality, if it doesn't speak to you anymore, if it doesn't serve your aesthetic, if, it, if you don't like it, you don't have anything to wear and you do need an update. Now, my only advice for buying accessories, and I tell this to everybody, and this is literally my only advice, do not buy an accessory you don't absolutely love. And when you find a piece of jewelry or accessory you love, buy it. Accessories are different than clothes in that we will wear clothes we don't love out of necessity. A lot of us have clothes we kind of feel meh, meh about, but accessories aren't necessary. So if we don't love it, we don't wear it. Focus solely on putting pieces you love into your accessory wardrobe. Yes, you need basics, but find basics you love. All right, stay tuned for a more in-depth discussion on jewelry coming soon. Switching gears a little bit, Danae asked, how can you style a cute lacy bralette? That's a fun question. Here are a few of my favorite ways. First, let it peek out of a tee or a tank. Look for a style that has a low neck, a very open neckline, or a low back, depending on what part of the bralette that you want to show off. You can also size up in a tank to get a little bit lower neckline and bigger armholes if you want more to show. Going into the fall, I love bralettes under off-the-shoulder tops. There was one in the Nordstrom Anniversary Sale that would be perfect. I will link to it in the show notes. Another way is to wear it under a white button-down shirt and just undo one more button to let it be seen. Finally, if you want to try the bralette thing but you're not feeling super daring, wear one under a slightly sheer t-shirt. I get asked all the time, where can I find white t-shirts that aren't sheer? I don't know, but until we can find them, throw a cute bralette that's meant to be seen under it, pair it with jeans and a cute pair of shoes, and you're good to go. All right. Fun question, Danae. Thank you. All right. So Kim H. asked, what are the top three questions you wish people would ask you and the answers? That is a really interesting question, Kim, and a really huge question. Three questions I wish people would ask me are, number one, why does style matter? Number two, how can I create a personal style I love? Number three, how can I have more fun with fashion? I could go on for hours with the answers to these questions, but what I find is that women get so mired in the minutia of clothing and forget the big picture. One fear I had with this podcast and the body type series especially is that it would encourage women to only focus on getting it right all the time, following the rules, not experimenting, not trying new things. Now, based on some of the questions that I got and some of the messages that I've got since since I started the podcast, there is a lot of that. Someone emailed me last week to ask the proper length of bracelet sleeves. I don't know, short enough to show off a bracelet longer than three-quarter length. Put down the tape measure, Linda, and have some fun with your clothes. I wish more women would focus on the mindset shift that happens when you feel good, when you feel cute, rather than the exact length of your ankle pants. I think a lot of women hide behind getting it perfect as an excuse for not trying new things. It's a whole lot easier to say, I can't find the perfect wide leg pant length, so I shouldn't buy them at all, than it is to say, I don't know how this is supposed to look, and I don't know how I want to look or how I'm how to get there, but I want to love the way I look, and so it's worth it for me to figure it out. I know that's kind of a big answer, but it really speaks to why I do what I do. And that is to help women just love the way they look rather than focusing on all the tiny details. Yes, I do teach the details because if it makes it easier for somebody, that's great. But I really wish women would just take a little bit bigger picture approach to how do I just love my style and love getting dressed every day. All right, moving on. 
Amy asked, what's one fall trend you can share with us? Ooh, another fun one. All right. Animal print, animal print, animal print, animal print. And this season it is going beyond leopard, which you know, I love snake skin has been big for a bit and I see that continuing, but tiger and zebra prints are huge too. Now I think those last two have always been a little scary because they've been thought of as tacky and gaudy, but the way that they're coming in this season isn't that way. The trick is to avoid super harsh color contrast, like black and orange tiger, brown and orange is a little more subtle and a lot more wearable. For zebra, you can either change up the color, like wear brown and white zebra or tan and white zebra, or just focus on a smaller scale. A smaller scale print is going to seem less overwhelming than a big black and white zebra print or a big black and white tiger print. All right, that is it for our first edition of Seven Questions. If you got your question in too late for the episode, hang on, I may answer it in the future. Now, if you have a question, you can email me at jennifer at youreverydaystyle.com or you can just go to the podcast page of my website, youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast and hit the big orange button and ask away. Listeners who leave a voice message that get used will get a copy of my Everyday Style Challenge for free. All right. Your homework this episode is inspired by all the jewelry questions, and that's to edit your accessory collection. I want you to set a timer for just 20 minutes and go through your jewelry and scarves. Are there pieces you don't love anymore? It's okay to part with them. Are there pieces that are in bad shape that you're honestly not going to repair? See ya. Time to go. Follow my advice if you're not sure if something is current, and I would love to see your piles of the things you're getting rid of in the Everyday Style Lounge. Finally, don't forget to get on the wait list for the fall capsule. You can go to the show notes and sign up for the mini capsule guide. When the fall guide is released, you will be in the know. That's it. Have a great week, everybody, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.